Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Believe in Sparks presented by Bet Online AG. I'm your host, Stacey Pates, and joining us today is Lauren Irvin. She is dynamic. That's, that's a word that keeps coming up for me. She is set apart from many other people that I've met, and I had the pleasure and privilege of talking to her about hoops, and we're going to get into something a little different, a little deeper right now. She is from Inglewood, California. She was drafted in 2008 after going to the University of Arkansas, drafted by the Connecticut Sun, and she's played for multiple teams overseas. And Lauren, first of all, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us on this show today. We appreciate you. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Definitely my pleasure. It's, it's, not, it's not really normal that you meet people and passing through work and hit it off and have the same principles and beliefs. So uh, it's mm-hmm. definitely my pleasure to be able to use a platform in any way, shape or form that's positive. And I'm honored to give you that space to, to share your truth and to, to inform people, you know, because there's a lot of people that look at the game of basketball and they think, man, y'all just have the best life. You get paid, you get to travel, you get to wear logos. It's just a game. That is not the case at all. Let's first talk about um, your experiences in the W and how you've seen it grow. Man, well, well, back in 2008, um, it was like the, the Atlanta dream had just been there for a few years. Indiana fever had just been coming off winning championships with catchings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a really heightened atmosphere, but I felt like it was just women supporting women. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the NBA players coming. You didn't have the overseas players that are males wanting to watch women's basketball. So I think that once people really truly started watching it. They became fans slowly, but surely. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's not the glitz and glamors of the men and the dunking and the 150 points to 140, but real basketball is truly played there. And you get to see the Sylvia Fowles and, and the Sue birds and the Tarazzi's play hard and the Simone Augustus play hard every night. And I think once people I think the WNBA also started doing partnerships and starting doing more stuff with um, open, open things for practices, for media and fans to be able to come. And once you make it more personal experience, I think it started to uh, spread more. Mm-hmm. It's been exciting to watch the game grow. And, and I truly believe in, in God rest his soul. Kobe had a big reason to do with the shift. You know, oh, he, absolutely. right with he and Gigi and, and just really showing up and and taking a stand for what women's basketball can be and should have been all this time. You know, when we look at March Madness and it finally the women are finally getting even even the 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 banners that say March Madness. Finally, after all this time, we're being recognized as women in the NCAA as the men. We've been here the whole time. And now we're finally getting the recognition that's that's well-deserved. What was your time like at Arkansas? Did you feel that you truly had the NCAA experience as well? And you started actually your collegiate career at Kansas. Yeah, I think Arkansas gave me the best experience of my life. Uh, loved it there, the people. I had a great experience. I was able to feel the the big, the large feel of the Razorbacks. And I was, I had to go play against the Tigers in LSU, then go to the Gamecocks in South Carolina. And at that time, the Gators were pretty freaking hard. So mm-hmm. had to go down to Florida and play them. I mean, it was an old Miss with our mini price being there, you know, like it was a tough, tough 
tough season and I loved it because it night in night out no matter if the team was ranked or unranked the SEC it's like a battle to the end mm-hmm. so I had I have no complaints um it was it was great what's in your uh, your plans as you continue forward well, I've always known that I wanted to be a coach. Uh, since I was probably in high school, I knew when I was done, I wanted to. I didn't even think I could play pro at the time. Um, so I was like, I just want to coach and be around basketball. Um, as opportunities arose and I saw that I could actually have an opportunity, thanks to all the women, <laughs> the trailblazers before me, who made it happen to have this dream, I knew that I wanted to be able to give back. So um, right now I'm, I retired from playing professional for 13 years and I'm over at Mount Sac Junior College, uh, assistant coaching there and working with, as player development and assistant coach. And in hopes of being assistant coach division one, that's my goal and uh, give back, help these, uh, this next generation, give them with the knowledge preparation. And um, it's bigger than basketball. I think that's the biggest thing from the generation from when I grew up till now it's, it's not a basketball is the last thing I feel like these kids need to, to learn about. I think it's mm-hmm. everything else. That's the most important. And that is that they need to be nurtured in that sense. Absolutely. Well, if you are the future of women's basketball, then we're in really good shape. And I see that for you. I touch and agree um, that you are going to be a division one head coach. I see it. I feel it. And I look forward to interviewing you on the sidelines uh, in that role. We'll be back after this message from our title sponsor. Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the updated odds and info along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's talk about some of your professional play overseas. You know, okay. there's a lot of also misconceptions about overseas. You know, the biggest names have played overseas Super, Diana Tarazi. In my heart, obviously, they shouldn't have to, you know, because you get a nice extra piece of money if you are those type of players. But that shouldn't be the reason that they go because the WNBA should be taking better care. And I know I know that Commissioner Engelbert is working on that. And I, I see that that's going to change in the future. I look forward to it. What was your experience like overseas? Because I, I think people really just don't have the knowledge and we can operate better when we have the right information. Give us an idea of what it's like to play overseas. It's not glamorous. It's not easy. And sometimes it's not even safe. Very true. Well, for one, I think everybody thinks and assumes loving basketball is the reality of women's basketball overseas. That is the biggest, most false misrepresentation of us. Um, Typically, okay, everything's great. You know, you sign your contract, you have a contract for, let's say, five months. If you're in Asia, we'll say seven to nine in Europe. So you'll have your contract. It'll be standard. You'll have your apartment. Maybe you'll have a car or not, but you'll sign it in so much time in advance, maybe four to five months. So the the club can prepare for your apartment, the amenities and everything that you need. They have time to set things up. 
So there's could be an example. I've had it happen before and I have a lot of friends. Uh, they get out there. When you arrive at the airport, you don't know who's picking you up. That's the first thing, right? So you get there, you have all your bags and someone's there with a picture, hopefully a picture of your face and say, is this you? Come on in the car. So that's the first thing that's kind of sketchy and scary because you don't know who you're going with. And if someone knows that you're coming and there's two or three different people with your picture, who would you choose to get in the car with and leave? That's first. Um, so you get in the car with Lord knows who, no English, most, most likely. Um, they take you to the gym, no matter the time, they'll take you to the gym or your apartment or a hotel depending on what's ready. So you've flown about 28 hours. First thing you do, you, the coaches and everybody wants to meet you. They want you to meet the team. They want to take photos right when you land. Um, talk to media right when you land. Um, so that'll happen. Then you'll try to get some rest. Most likely you can't because of the 12 hour or 10 hour time difference. Then you wake up, uh, you go straight to your physical. There's usually no time of, I need 48 hours, I can't practice. No, you wake up and it's, hello, you're gonna meet the staff, you're gonna meet the coaches, your players, you're going to the hospital, you're gonna take a physical. The physical is running on the treadmill. Um, you have to fast, you can't eat, you can't drink water. So you're famished from the flight and jet lag, and then you still can't eat or drink because you have to, they have to do the blood work for, for your physical the payment, this, all these other things, you, there's nothing to think about, but just, I need to survive and stay awake past the physical. It's literally, I need to just focus on the next thing because there's so much that you have to do before you can even start practice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's bypassed because you're supposed to take your physical before you practice. It's, it's standard everywhere. You have to take your physical because you have to medically be cleared. Then the clubs will say, no, 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 the hospital's not ready. You'll practice for four or five days. And then they'll say, you have to take a physical. And say, no, I already passed. No, you have to take it. And I'm, it's like, no, I technically, by my contract, I do not have to take it. But guess what the club says? You don't take it, we don't pay you. So what do you do? You do what they say. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How do you mentally? Okay. And that's just the start of your trip. That's just when you first touch down in their country, when you first get there. Okay. So let's, so let's flash forward a little bit then. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still holding on to the fact that you're getting into a car with someone and you are just praying it's the right person. Um, yeah. And that's not okay. So that's mm -hmm. the beginning of, of issues. And Flash forward, let's say physical's done, you're cleared to play, you've been practicing, you've been playing. There is no guarantee that even if you give your side of the contract and you work and you comply to everything that they ask you to do, whether it's warranted or not, mm -hmm. there's no guarantee that you're going to get from them what your contract stipulates. No, not at all. How? How is that possible? Well, because FIBA... The contracts are certified through FIBA. FIBA is the organization that is supposed to check and protect the club and players. They're really supposed to protect the players because we have no representation in that country. The embassy doesn't work with basketball contracts. They deal with our diplomacy. They don't care that that's not their 
concern that is the club's concern, right? So I'm going to Israel and the team doesn't pay my money. I have an issue. I don't go to the Israeli embassy because they're like, you're safe, you're a citizen, you have a place to live. I have to go talk with the club. The club's not going to answer. I have to write to FIBA and I have to CC FIBA, uh, the club with everything. So they have to see everything I'm saying nasty about them, I'm bothered about. They're going to see everything. So you know they're not going to treat you right, even if what you're saying is right. I mean, you can you cannot get paid for a month and you ask for your money and say, hey, where's my money? They're like, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. If you get frustrated and say, I want my money, this is a problem. Most likely, you typical Americans, that's all you guys care about is the money. And it's like, how about the work that you home. did? Yeah. And how about the work that you did during that month that you have not been paid? Yeah. They yeah. get angry when you ask for your money and then they start putting it on trust. Like we're building a trust. You're supposed to trust us. And it's like, it's not about trust. It's about business. I did my job. You up in yours and pay me for my services. Mm-hmm. And, and if the tables like, were turned, it would be, they would boot you out of the country in two heartbeats. In a, in a second. Right. In a second. Bring the police and come get me right then and there. But when it comes to their side, it doesn't happen. And then when you write FIBA, you can't, you don't get answers. You have to start a file a case. So there is no conversing with FIBA like, hey, I have this situation. Can you help me out? Can I get professional advice? No, you have to find a FIBA lawyer and talk to a FIBA lawyer and pay a FIBA lawyer to get the information, but it's still not a guarantee that you'll win the case. Right. And it's all out of your pocket trying and to figure out it out. Pocket. To Even start a though- case, $10,000. To start any case to fight against a club is $10,000 US just to start it. And that's when they're absolutely 1000% in the wrong. Like there's no debating it. There's no, no debating, debating it. You did the job. No. You upheld your side of the contract. They are not, they're not paying, but now it's a trust issue. How are you supposed to trust them? If they're really building trust that they don't understand what it really means to build trust. Cause that's it, not how you do it. It's one-sided. They, they want, they expect us to trust them and listen yeah. to their every word, but we know that they, they're not telling us the truth. And then there's situations that they put you in that's very uncomfortable that I know a lot of my friends been in. They'll tell you, you cannot tell anybody you got paid. You'll have friends on the team and they say, if you tell them you got paid, we will not pay you next month and we'll pay them. My personal opinion about FIBA is they just care about the money, honestly. Because when you give this 10,000 for the cases and start the case, there's instances where the clubs find loopholes and they change their name of the club at the end of the year. So when you go to sue, you put the money for the FIBA for that 10,000. They're like, hey, the team changed their name. You're not owed anything. FIBA does not give you the $10,000 back that they gave, you gave them for the case. They keep the 10,000. You know, can you imagine, and they govern men and women's basketball. So can you imagine how many cases that just fell through and FIBA just keeps the money and FIBA does not protect players. You have instances where your contract has certain guidelines and rules. And I've had instances where our coaches say, Hey, 
during this game. We don't win this game. Somebody's going to get sent home today. Whoever scores the least amount of points is getting sent home. You can't do that. But guess what? They can. We're in their country. They cut the contract. Go home. Here's your plane ticket. Sue me. That's exactly what they say. Sue me. Because they know you essentially don't have a leg to stand on. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they know they have time to prepare. Yeah. And they change their name. Management, change their name. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Do you yeah. think the men, do you think the men who would choose to play overseas, do you think they have the same issues? I don't think the men have the issues as bad, but I did have some male friends who've had issues. But the difference is, of course, these men stand up and the the men yell at them and the players stand up and they're men. Mm-hmm. They're towering over them. So things go a little bit differently yeah. for the males yeah. as mm. opposed to the women. But yes, they, they, they still have issues and they have to sue, but most likely um, it doesn't get as bad as women. How, how does something like this go on? How does this continue to go on? It is, it is, it's beyond the scope of just unfair and unjust. This is, this is wrong. Like this is, I don't even, I can't even think of a strong enough word to say what I really want to say that would be acceptable on this program. Um, But that's, wow. And then how do you, as an athlete, discard the mental weight of all that nonsense that you can't control, clearly, they're keeping that control away from you and still continue to play? I don't know. I I think it's just something you have no choice but to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to figure out a way. And that's why a lot of people can't, they, they won't last after a year or two or two, three years. It's like, it's not worth it. Um, it's a, it's a huge strain burden. I mean, anxiety, stress, everything. It's, it's very, very difficult. Um, yeah. And then, then there's times where, you know, someone else got paid and you didn't, and then they'll lie to you in your face And it's just like, and you still have to work for them. You still have to stay professional and you know, they're lying. You have all the proof, everything, but there's nothing you can do. Right. Just hope they pay you and hope, hope it comes. Right. And they essentially put players under gag orders during the entirety of the contract. You can't, you can't say certain things. You can't step out of pocket. You will be fined. You'll probably be fined more than than what you make in that month if you even were to see that money in that month. If you ever see it. Yeah. You can't talk about anything. That was one thing. If there was any internal problems with the club saying, I mean, there's stuff where (laughs) the managers fought the president. Um, There's been threats of physical threats to each other from management. Um, I've had a coach throw a basketball at one of my good friends on on my team, and I had to break up that fight. And if that ever got out, you know, it's you're in their country. You don't know who's watching you. You're in the home that they provide. You speak up. You know what happens? Your car goes missing. Your hot water's turned off. Gas is cut off. Suddenly, nobody's answering your calls. I mean, wow. Yeah. And there's you're in their country. So it's just, what can you do? But hopefully make your own friends, hopefully have some, your teammates who are natives, hopefully they like you because it's hard for them to like us. Mm -hmm. You know, they see the Americans coming, they might like us as people, 
But guess what? They're not getting paid for four to five months and they know we're getting paid, but that's just the reality. They start despising us. Mm. And then that comes onto the court and then they don't want to play with us and they don't want to pass us the ball. Can your agent do anything while this is going on from the U.S.? Do they have any control, any, anything? They can try as much as they can. I had a European agent. He actually flew out to the country and did everything he could. You know, we had a meeting and everything. So I do believe that there are good agents out there who will do what they can. But there's certain clubs that you just know you're not going to get to. And it's their way or you'll not work with them anymore and they don't care. So um, it's, it's, it's touchy. The agents do what they can. But they also don't want to ruin their relationship with the club for one for one player. You know, it starts being like, okay, are you a Tarazzi or are you somebody who's making low level money? I'm going to I'm not going to go to bat for you if you're making low level money. Well, I'm glad that you had that support. That says a lot about your agent at the time to, to fly out there. So I'm sure a lot of people listening will want to know the question. Well, why do players still go? Why are players still going every single year? You know, some players decide not to anymore uh, for whatever reason. They're content with the money that they're making or they're tired or they need a, that some that time legitimately off to heal or whatever. Why do players still go? I mean, I know your experience doesn't happen to every single person every single day, mm-hmm. but it happens more than it doesn't. And that's the part that we're trying to fix. And the thank beauty, you for your transparency. The but, beauty in it is it, the risk is really worth it. I mean, okay. if you put things in perspective, you get to live in a country for nine months and travel that whole entire country. You can travel and fly to a neighboring country like within two hours, you know, maybe drive to the country and see the countryside. You get to learn a different culture. You get to see the world. And I don't think that there's a price tag you can put on that. And I think for someone who's, you know, really free, open-minded and likes to see and learn different things, it's just open to the world and wants to see more than just America. I think it's the best experience ever. If you try to rationalize things and not think half empty, I'm here by myself. I don't speak English. Oh my God, the time difference. You know, if you think all like that, you're not going to be able to enjoy the experience. Now it's going to take a lot to get to. I cried my almost my whole first year of being homesick, everything frustrated, but I'm glad I did it. And it was the best thing. Uh, the fans there and winning and having this pride and the fans jumping on you, chanting your name in another language. I mean, that the tradition you get to see, it's just, it's breathtaking. And to be a part of it and know, like, no matter what happens that year, I will always be a part of this. No matter I'm 75 years old, I was a part of this something special this one year, you know? And I think, you know, if you want to leave your mark, it's important. That's something that is um, amazing to try to do and want to do. Absolutely. And clearly you can elevate your game. I mean, there's nothing like game speed. So it's great to be basically year round staying ready and staying engaged and um, just getting those reps in is always a good thing. And I'm glad that you can still find the good in it. How do we fix the bad? Because there are young women that will not have the resolve that you had to push through that. And I know that you are still owed money by certain teams and there are, there are women that will not have that resolve. There are women that will not know how to handle that. What advice would you give 
to them and how do we change this so that it becomes better and safer and players feel protected and supported because that should be, as you said in the beginning of this conversation, it's bigger than basketball. Mm -hmm. And that to me, those things are bigger than basketball. You need to do research to the club you're going to. Uh, If you do some research and look up former players, always look for the Americans or Europeans because there's a lot of Europeans who will be very honest. Um, I just think sometimes with people who haven't met Europeans, before they might come feel like they're kind of rude or anything when they're really not they're just being honest so i would suggest to at least talk to the americans because they're going to at least tell you like don't go there i didn't get paid um do the research don't just look at the paycheck and sign because that's what a lot of teams do they offer a substantial more amount of money than everyone else to tantalize you because you're young and young people want the biggest money and you get there and in your gut, you know, they haven't paid players for the past few years, but you thought you were gonna be different. Don't do that to yourself. Do research, reach out. Um, Cause a friend, and I, a friend of mine and I, we were trying to get in the process of making a website so we can have it together so you can contact people and know this club is, does this and this club does this this year. So, um, because it's, every year is different. You have clubs that literally do not pay players. And everyone knows it, but they can't say it. They can't speak out about it. They're, 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 they have the gag order. Do not spend any of that money when you're graduating college. I know you see that money for the contract and you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Nine times out of 10, your arrival money will not get there the first month. You will not. You're supposed to get your arrival money usually the first 48 hours after you pass your physical. I've waited a month and a half before. So I would suggest to not spend it, to have a, you have your emergency money in a nest egg saved. Be prepared, you're not gonna get paid the first month you go overseas. Just mentally prepare for it, physically prepare for it because that is gonna start off. I know it's gonna leave a nasty taste in your mouth, but ultimately your first year overseas is gonna determine what type of player you are, what type of person you are, and who is going to really look at you. You have a horrible first year. You have a bad attitude, this and that. It's going to follow you for years to come. You start off good. That's what people are going to remember, that first impression. You got to keep moving up. So try to be open-minded and understand that you're going to walk in. Every, I've never been anywhere. My friend just asked me. She's her ninth year overseas. She said, have you ever had a perfect situation overseas out of 13 years? And I was like, no. There's always been something wrong. So my advice, be prepared. There's always going to be something wrong overseas. It's just, that's just what it is. Whether the hot water doesn't work, the internet doesn't work, um, the car doesn't work, uh, the oven doesn't work, microwave's not there. It's always something. It, It really and truly is. You just have to learn how to deal with it. I mean, I didn't have hot water in my apartment for three days and I used the teapot that you press to make it hot got a big bowl, mixed cold water, you improvise. That's right. You got to make it work. That's right. And it's adversity that teaches us to be strong as well. And it's how you handle that. Do you react to it or do you respond to it? Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big thing. And I, I love how you responded to that. You know, I also would say, pay attention what country you're going to that is open with homosexuality and not. 
That is very, very, very important. You will lose a contract. You will lose, you can lose your whole reputation. You can, because just because a, a, a city in the country has a gay pride, that does not mean the whole country accepts it. That doesn't mean that. And if the club is not okay with it, you have to, unfortunately, you have to abide by their rules in the country. You can't hold your hands with your partner because technically, if they tell you you can't, something happens to you, you're on your own, right? Because they've warned you, you do X, Y, and Z, this can happen. If this happens, that's your bill, not ours. And so it's risky. We're not saying not to give it a try. We're not saying FIBA doesn't do good things. What we're saying is the parts where the ball is dropped are really bad, are really bad because above all things, a player should have job security. A player should have protection. A player should, should feel supported. Um, and that's something that we're trying to get at. What have you learned in, in your experiences overseas that have made you the person you are today? I have learned that never judge a book by its cover. I have seen older people overseas that look like they're frowning up their face. And I remember being frowned my face up too, and they stuck their hand out and I'm like, what? And they're like, hi. I just, I've never seen an American, an African-American, hi. And I mean, just, lovely. And it's just like, wow, I was just going to be rude to a stranger because of my feelings about how things go on in America. You know, so I learned that European people are amazing. They're very open-minded. I know they hate, they say they hate Americans and I totally understand why they hate us. I hate us too. We're very rude. We're very ignorant. We expect everybody to be, to cater to us but they're really genuine people. They have so much history and culture. We can learn from their history and culture. Um, they're very welcoming. I mean, people wouldn't believe it or not. Like I was in a small city in the Czech Republic, lovely people, you know, village in uh, Poland in this place, Polkowice, lovely people. I mean, wherever you go, it's about you you're always going to make something work. I didn't care where I was, a village, big city, small town, always just be yourself and stay positive because there's evil people in the world everywhere, but just don't want to change your character to who you are. And it's really hard because I had hardened myself to a lot of instances and situations. It changed me. Uh, what happened to me overseas, not getting paid and I mean, they do mental games too, where they'll bench you to, to do a power struggle and you question yourself. Don't let these people break you because you never know how much you can take until you're pushed to your limits. And I've thought about quitting so many times and I'm glad I didn't because this has made me so much stronger. And then now I can teach the next generation how to be strong and how to deal with things because Mentally, it is the most draining I've ever felt. And emotionally, it's tough. Physically, of course it is because you're doing a sport. And count on your support system. 
and don't be afraid to ask because there's going to be times that you're going to want to yell, scream, and cry. And you're going to think that you're weak if you do that or nobody understands. And that's normal to feel that way because it's hard and it's frustrating. It is so mm-hmm. worth it. The experience, mm-hmm. the enrichment. And the fact that you can say all of that knowing that you also had some major challenges there as well is a testament to your character and how you view life and also all the lessons that you learned along the way are going to make you an even better D1 coach as, as you endeavor to be in that top seat. Thank you again for your transparency. Thank you for just being the person that you are because you are a pillar in the community that you grew up in and you're a, a, a voice that is necessary for other women that wouldn't speak up, speak up for themselves and, and sharing your story is empowering. So thank you so much for taking time to be part thank of the show. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. I really, I really hope if I can at least help one young woman, that's all that matters to me because that's all I want to do is be able to help at least one person. Mm. Well, I believe that you are every day, maybe without even knowing it. And when you and your friend get that website up and running, we'll have you back on to talk about that, to get the word out again, and even more so to protect our our athletes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stacey. All right. Our podcasts are available to be downloaded or streamed on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, Luminary, iHeart, and our website, Believe.com. You can also follow us across social media at Believe Podcasts, at Believe Sports. You can find me at Stacey Pates on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And as always, thank you so much again for hanging out with us on this episode of Believe in Sparks, presented by Bet Online AG. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.